Good evening, brothers and sisters. Yeah, today is such a big day for me. Um, lots of things have happened today, so it's a big day. <laughs> I shared with some of you earlier on that today I completed my um, probation at work. I finished six months. So they say now I'm a merited employee. Whatever that means. <laughs> yes, one thing I know is I'm not on probation anymore. Um, they should have fired me before that, but I think I behaved well, and so, and they are going to increase my salary by 5%, because once you complete probation, that has to happen. So I look forward to that. So that's one big thing. The second big thing is... Um, <clears throat> Pastor notified me uh, today that uh, you you approved that I become the associate pastor. That has been my prayer uh, that um, Lord let the decision come from you. I know in the New Testament they used to cast lots to decide, and whatever they decided, that was God's decision. So I said, let me hear. Um, today, whether this is your purpose or it's my desire, and let your purpose prevail. So it's a big day for me today. I feel more at home. I feel more settled now, and I feel that I have a responsibility in the church now to, um, to take a role to play. That's what I feel now, because according to me, when the Lord has willed that I fellowship here. So let the Lord's will prevail. The third thing is we went to the Mexican church. <laughs> and today was really full. The church was full. I felt like preaching. I said, if you can stand somewhere there and preach. But I think most of the guys were from church as well. So they could not appreciate their preaching. Jeff and I appointed you chaplain at the Mexican church. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll start taking tips there now. <laughs> well, um, this morning was a great morning. Uh, we had uh, such powerful word of God, uh, according to me, because each time the story of Goliath and David comes up, it brings lots of dimensions of Christian living. It's, it's not a fable. It's not a... It's not a cartoon story, but this is an event that happened. It's a historical, historical event. It happened. Physical people like us, they went to battle to fight. A physical young man went to battle and fought and conquered. So it's it's not detached from saying, well, this is out of reality. No, no, no. This was this happened within the human, the human realm. It happened. If God can intervene on behalf of fellow human beings, I believe God can intervene on our behalf as well. So each time I am confronted with giants, this morning, uh, Pastor Jeff mentioned about the giants that we may not meet, we may not um, confront. Goliath in terms of uh, physical war, but we have our own giants. Each one of us uh, has their own giant that they fight, that we fight, especially 
when we become the children of God, it's like, you know, the hell is opened and all those giants start swarming at us like bees. So we face different giants in our lives. Uh, Pastor Jeff talked about could it be giants of finances, could it be giants of relationship, could it be giants of illnesses, could it be giants of different sorts. The purpose of the giant is actually to kill us. In, in, in John chapter 10, verse 10, uh, the Lord Jesus says, A thief does not come but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The giants do not come to us because they want to have a meal and dessert with us, have a cake with us. No, they come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's what giants are there for. But it really depends on who is on our side, whether we succeed, we have victory over the giants, or we don't have victory over the giants. And from what transpired this morning, as much as Israel uh, belonged to God, as much as Israel belonged to God, um, they needed something more than belonging to God only in order for them to succeed, in order for them to fight the enemies. They needed more than that. They needed faith. And according to what Pastor Jeff covered this morning, the difference between Saul and David is that Saul had fear, David had faith. That was it. And Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, fear is a snare. It, uh, let's go to Proverbs 29 verse, uh, 29, verse 25. So you see my, my version is still somewhere in between, um, in between the, uh, let's see, it's New King, New King James Version. I was thinking this morning when, who, who was reading, was it? Caleb. Yes, yes, when Caleb was reading this morning, I said, oh God, the, the boy knows how to read. It's King James Version that gave him problems. <laughs> oh, no, it was Geneva. <laughs> oh, that was Geneva. That was Geneva. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And he is not alone. Me too, I was saying. No, so for me, I was saying, wow. This was big words that I've never heard before. Okay, so um, I would read from uh, Proverbs 29, verse. Can't find Proverbs in my Bible. Can you believe it? Proverbs 29, verse 25 talks about fear. First, I think you have found it. Hmm? Would you please read for us? The fear of man bringeth the snare, but he that trusteth in the Lord shall be exalted. Yes. The fear of man brings the snare. Some versions say that the fear of man is a snare. Once fear sets in, we are not in faith. Once fear sets in, uh, it is difficult for us to accomplish that which we want to accomplish. And fear is one of the weapons that the enemy uses. He uses fear, brings fear. And when we begin fearing, it's difficult to, to make, sometimes to make proper decisions. And what is even interesting is, I read from <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 57, verse 11, God was confronting Israel, that who are you afraid of that you have lied to me? Who are you afraid of? Who have you dreaded 
that you lied to me. So God is saying, you lied to me. But if, if for you to lie to me, it's because you were afraid. You were afraid of something or you were afraid of someone. And I looked at our context. Really, when we are afraid, um, <laughs> I've been afraid before and I have lied before because I was afraid. I was afraid of if I tell the truth, what will be the consequences of the truth that I will tell. I thought it was Israel only, but it's a common thing. It's a common thing for us that sometimes we'll be compelled to tell a lie because we are trying to protect ourselves from something. And, but then fear is not of God. That's where fear becomes a snare. Because when we are afraid, anything can come in. The giant will know that we are afraid. And Goliath knew that Israel was afraid. So when he came up and started taunting the, you know, the army of Israel, he knew that Israel was afraid. He knew that. He was actually surprised that a little boy would come out from Israel's side and challenge him. He was very surprised. He had never prepared for that. But King David, no, no, before he became a king, David at this time had been anointed by God. So the first thing that David had in order to fight the giant, he had faith. Pastor Jeff covered it very well this morning. And the second thing I see is that David had a relationship with God. In the first Samuel chapter thirteen, chapter some chapters earlier, chapter thirteen, verse fourteen, God talks about David that he was a man after his own heart. And it's repeated in Acts chapter 13, 13 verse twenty-two by Apostle Paul, is referring to, to David, that David was a man after God's own heart. David had a relationship with God that None of the army uh, soldiers or generals had with God. Even King Saul himself, he did not have a relationship with God. He had duties to fulfill, but he did not have a relationship with God. The distinction between people who go, who talk about God or who worship God, and uh, those who do great things in the Lord is a relationship. With God. It's the knowledge, the knowledge of God. In fact, in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, says the people that do know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits, or shall carry out exploits. David knew his God. He had a relationship with God. And he has been anointed before. If we read the chapter before, David has been anointed as next king. And I can imagine David thinking, well, I have been anointed to be the next king. I can be a king at any time. And Goliath is challenging to, to destroy us, that we will become their servants, will become their slaves when, he, uh, when they, they win war over us. No, this is not going to happen. But, so he exploited the relationship he had with God to counter the giants. Then I also saw another thing, that the third thing that uh, David had is David had a testimony. Testimony is such a powerful thing. When we testify um, about what God has done in our lives, it's such a powerful thing. In fact, the Lord Jesus, when he 
he sent his disciples to go out to the whole world and preach the gospel, he said, you shall be my witnesses. A witness is someone who has been there, who has seen what happened, or who heard what happened, or who experienced what happened. That's a witness. Jesus is telling the disciples, go and testify. Go and give testimony to what you have seen and what you have experienced. David, at his age, he might have done, he, he might have done things that many men had not done in, in his time. If you are in South Africa, at some stage uh, in South Africa, it was considered great acts of vow, great acts of, um, of bravery to chase a lion. Not to kill a lion, but to chase a lion. In fact, there's one movie, there's one movie, Mr. Bones, I don't know if you have watched it. Mr. Bones, there's a guy who comes from the U.S. and he goes to, 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 to South Africa to take, you know, to become, he's a prince. So the king says he must chase the lion first. If he can't chase the lion, he'll never be a king. <laughs> Somehow, because it's a movie, he chases the lion into its den and they say, oh, yes, yes, he becomes a king. It's not an easy thing to chase a lion. Live alone to kill a lion. Confront a lion and kill a lion. Now, he has a testimony. King Saul looks at him, at David. He says, David, you are only a young boy. You cannot fight. Yes, I know, my boy. I know your zeal. You know, I know your zeal. I know your excitement. But boy, this is not, you know, this is not football. This is war. You cannot fight this giant. He has been fighting from his youth. And I mean, I am not going to describe how big Goliath was because he was well described this morning. So that I do not need to talk about. The fact is the guy was a giant. But the difference between uh, Goliath and David is that David had a testimony. And also the difference between King Saul and David is that David had a testimony. David testified of the things that God has done in his life. And looking at what God has done in his life, he says, actually, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we read. <clears throat> we read from verse 32, 1 Samuel chapter 17. So we are continuing with... Um, with the theme that started this morning. Verse 32. So, David has come and the, the king has invited called David to, to talk to him. Verse 32. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its head and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, 
seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 37. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the power of the lion and the power, from the power of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, David, go and the Lord be with you. He had experienced God's deliverance. He had experienced God in his life. And he had a testimony. A testimony is one of the greatest weapons that we have as the children of God. Because you and I know what God has done for us. Nobody can dispute it because it's what we have experienced. It's what I have experienced. No one can dispute it. And David here used his testimony. He used what God has done for him. He built up momentum. He gathered momentum based on the testimony, based on what God has done for him. Sometimes when we are confronted by giants of various kinds, yes, it may be scary. Sometimes it's so scary. And we wonder what is going to happen next. But when we go back and look at what God has done for us in the past, we gather momentum from what God has done for us in the past. Then I say, okay, the God who delivered me from that thing, and he delivered me from that thing, the very God is going to deliver me from the current situation, from what I am experiencing. And that builds our faith, because each act of deliverance from the hand of God in the hand of God builds up our faith, builds up our faith, more trust in God and more trust in God. So David at his age, though young he was, but at his age he had confronted things nobody had thought that a boy could confront. The common style would have been a lion has come, then he just runs away for his life. But this guy did not run away. He stood put. Because he believed in God. His faith, his trust was in God. And so that's the other thing that I saw that it's very important for us. And even in the book of Revelation, <clears throat> chapter 12, verse 11, John is in heaven. He's seeing the vision. He's seeing what's happening in heaven. He's seeing a multitude, 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 and multitude of people who have been saved, people who have been delivered. And it is sung. A song is sung in heaven. It says, uh, they overcame him, saying they overcame the evil and they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and that they did not love their lives as to shrink from death. David would have loved his life and shrink from death and run away. Run away just like the other soldiers did. He did not shrink from death. And he gave a word of testimony. He actually overcame Goliath by the word of his testimony. Now, we see that <clears throat> David, the other thing I realized is that David knew his enemy. It is difficult to fight an enemy that we do not know. It's very difficult. We do not know who the enemy is. We do not know the strategy that the enemy is using. But David knew who the enemy was. In chapter 17, verse 26, King David says, 
Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Back in the day, anyone else who was uncircumcised, any man who was uncircumcised, was uh, seen to be not in a covenant relationship with God. Because that was a sign for Israel, for men of Israel, that they are in relationship with God. Because anyone else, anyone else who was uncircumcised did not have a relationship with God. And according to David, said, anyone else who does not have a relationship with God He cannot defeat me. He was basically said, he cannot defeat me. Anyone else who is not in a relationship with God cannot defy the armies of God and survive. But that's what he stood on. So he knew his enemy. And uh, <clears throat> fast forward, coming to the book of um, Ephesians chapter 6. Let us go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, from verse 10 going down. So Apostle Paul has written a letter to the church at Ephesus, and he has addressed so many issues. And towards the end of his letter, as if he had forgotten some things, he stresses on one of uh, very important points. He says, finally, brethren. So, you know, when one says, finally, he or she is concluding whatever they have been talking about. Whatever is a letter, whatever they have been writing about. So he is concluding here in his letter. He says, finally, brethren, my brethren, be strong. That's verse 10 going down. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wells of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms, heavenly places. While David might have fought the physical Goliath, we encounter Goliaths, we encounter giants of our own in our day. And really, the giants that we encounter, we fight, most of them are not physical. The giants we encounter are spiritual, especially when we have given our hearts to the Lord. They are spiritual, spiritual forces. Um, spiritual forces of evil. Um, these are powers, principalities, powers and authorities in the heavens. Their duty is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's what they are there for. They are there to block us access 
to God. They are there to block us from receiving what God has given us. They are there to block our answers for the prayers we have prayed to God. In fact, do you remember in Daniel chapter 9, chapter 9, somewhere, yes, in Daniel chapter 9, when Daniel has prayed, he said he's had to pray to God, and he says the very first day that he started his prayer, God answered, and God dispatched an angel from heaven to go and give him an answer. The very first day he prayed. But while the angels were coming, the prince of Persia, the principalities, powers, and authorities in the heavens, the prince of Persia detained the angel. It took 21 days. He prayed, he fasted, and finished 21 days waiting for the answer. Meanwhile, the answer was dispatched the first day he prayed. The 24th day, that's when the angel came. And the angel told him that I was sent the very day you prayed. Your answer was dispatched, but I was detained by principalities, powers, and authorities in the heavens. Until Michael, Archangel came, and he released me, bit of the principalities and powers in the heavens, and he released me. That's why I have come now. It's as if the angel is saying, I'm sorry for bringing the answer late to you, but actually I was detained. There are real forces, powers, that fight against us. They detain our answers. But then, Apostle Paul says, uh, verse 13, he continues, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the day of evil, and having done all to stand. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having gilded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. All the time, the fiery darts. The wicked one is throwing fiery darts. All the time. All the time, when everything is fine, say, oh, my back, my back. What happened to my back? You know? I, I, I want to, to live well and have life to the full, but you see, every now and then, the enemy will fire at us. Every now and then. We fire at us and we experience different challenges in our lives, in our bodies, or in our, uh, in our work, in everything that we do. It's simply because they are always firing darts that the enemy firing, is firing at us. His people to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always. With prayer and supplication in spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So we fight our weapons of warfare are divine. Our weapons of warfare, they are not carnal like the weapons that David and, uh, David and the other army were fighting with. But for us, we still fight battles. We fight principalities, we fight powers. And these powers, we cannot win them if we are not in a relationship with God. We cannot win them if we do not put on the full armor of God. If we do not put on the shield of faith. David put on the shield of faith. Everyone had a physical shield. 
In fact, Saul tried. Saul tried to put a shield on David that he should go and fight with it. David tried them out. He says, no, I can't go in this. I can't fight in this. I have a shield. I have a shield that I'm going to face Goliath with. I have a shield. He knew he had a shield. And his shield was, he said that the God who delivered me from the lions, the God who delivered me from the bear, the very God will deliver me from the hand of the evil one. From, from your hand. He is speaking to Goliath. It was quite strange for Goliath, Goliath to hear about that. Now, finally, let me conclude with um, the contest now. This is, what do you call this? The war of words. It's not a rhetorics. It's the war of words when people are fighting. Psycho like psychological warfare, yes. So there was psychological warfare. Now they are talking. Goliath is speaking. He wants to intimidate David, and David is responding. This is the wall of words. Uh, so let, let's conclude with um, a reading from, uh, yes, chapter 17, 1 Samuel, from verse 44. Now, let's start from verse 43. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You see, the weapons that David is coming to battle with are different from the weapons that Goliath is coming with. Verse 46. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword and a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands. That's the wall of words. Uh, psychological warfare. You know. He curses David you know, in, in the name of his gods, and the David also comes and the intimidates him uh, through <laughs> in his God. So it's like God versus God. But that's what he had. That's what David had. And after he had spoken that, it was as if heaven said, yes, go for it. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and he ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Verse 49. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. And he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead, so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. Verse 49. The rest is history. Hallelujah. The giants that we face, 
they cannot face them alone. We have to come in the name of the Lord. If we do not come in the name of the Lord, we will face them like anyone else faces them. And the world has their own ways of trying to deal with giants. If they do not succeed, they start, they go into different things. They go into different habits, whether they go into drinking, whether they go into drugs, or they go into anything that they feel can give them relief. But it actually doesn't give relief at all. That's the beginning of their lives going down until they have a relationship with God. Until we have a relationship with God, we cannot conquer the giants. May God bless you and keep you. Amen. Brother Charles, if y'all would stand, we'll have prayers. We go into this time of invitation. Most gracious and loving Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day, and Lord, for all the many blessings that you've given us. And Lord, as we go into this time of invitation, again, Lord, I just pray that if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us, and ever show us with your love and watch care. We just ask this, in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Number 280, Jesus, keep me near the cross.